the Sunshine Patriot in a Crisis shrinks from the service of their country. Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tim. So, what are we going to talk about today, Brain? Oh, the same thing we talk about every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world? Oh, no, wait. Yes. New World Order <laughs> taking over the world. Ah, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the big one, shall oh, we? Fuck. All right, all right, all right. So, our topic today is mostly going to stay in the realm of Ukraine. So, before we go into facts and figures, and if war is inevitable, ask me, or let me get your opinion. Do you think we should even care? Yes. Why? Because the current administration has already had a vested interest in Ukraine. They fucked up. They were supposed to go back into Afghanistan, right? But since the Taliban got legitimized and added to the UN, they can no longer do so. So he needs some form of conflict to because a wartime president gets voted in automatically. And nobody wants to fuck with a wartime. Yeah. So they need us and and Ukraine is the biggest next best thing because NATO is already fucking with them. China's already saying they'll back Russia, but they don't want to do it until after the fucking Olympics. I mean, yeah, we should be worried. No, Especially no, no, when you no, consider no, no. not worried about it because we're gonna get in it. Well, do you think we should even be there? No, that's I don't oh, that's the question. Fuck yeah. no. <laughs> I was confused when you said yeah, and here's why. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why the American people want to go to Ukraine. I understand no. why Biden does. Well, hell, actually, if I could get the Ukrainian president over here instead of Biden, that might be worthwhile. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 it doesn't work that way, my friend. <laughs> Fuck. But no, I mean, okay, now I understand the confused look on your face as I was going through. I was like, what's wrong? I think I got a pretty good handle on this. Uh, that's my bad. It's the it's the the monster chugged right before we started. I get it. I get it. Okay, but you get where I'm coming from, though. Why I think that it's a legitimate concern for us because they need it. They need it. Yeah, yeah. They need it. They, as in our our own government, need it because they need that wartime footing. They don't give a damn about Ukraine. Nope. They don't. They never have. I just They've only wanted it, it for what it was. I just for, for find the money it that as the rest of the world is waking up to the COVID. Uh, scamdemic right that uh now we're at this footing russia hasn't changed russia's had you know its eyes on ukraine since fucking obama let them have crimea well let's think of it this way if you're in wartime footing and you know the russians if we actually get involved the russians are going to think real long and hard and probably do something stupid it's the easiest way to enact martial law. Put us into wartime footing. They did it during World War One. They did it during World War Two. Hell, they did something similar when it went through McCarthyism. They used the fear of an enemy 
I think they'll cause division, but I don't think it, I don't think they'll declare martial law because of it. Not unless there's an attack. Let's think about this. Putin basically said, "Look, you want to fuck around and find out? Let's find out." Well, okay. So I I get what you're saying. I don't think that we should be over there. China wants them a, at all. No, we shouldn't. But I, I want to put it this way: China and Russia don't want to fight each other because that's a war that's just a pain in the ass. But both of them wouldn't mind taking us out of the picture. Fight together. They're training in the South China Sea right now. Yep. Iran, Russia, and China. If you could think of three geopolitical boogeymen for the United States, it would be those three. Welcome uh, to the rice field, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> but no. Uh, have you ever seen or read the book uh, Man in the High Castle? I have not. Let me give you a little rundown. Basically, what's uh, the premise of it is, is that we actually lost World War II. And everything up to the Rockies is controlled by the Japanese. Everything in the south side from, from east of the Rockies and the southern part is controlled by the Germans. Anything on the northern side is controlled by the Russians. And I said that I was reading it and I was like, God dang, it's kind of terrifying because I, you realize that those three would have no compunction about destroying us. And it's simply all you have to do if you're Russia or China is give Iran the means to. Iran would do it just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. Yep. I mean, and they'd be like, okay, if I did it, get a whooping. I did it. I get it. No, no. I oh, mean, and they would, and the, the best part about it is they would let us get locked into a war with Iran. And then when we were least expecting it, they'd come clean up the pieces. It's, it's. Well, they're going to, on a personal level, it's like. It's like getting two people to fight each other and then, you know, or two two groups to fight each other. And when they finally weaken each other and one of them starts to declare victory, you just come in and wipe the board. They don't have to do that. I don't. Uh, I, I agree with you that we should not be in Ukraine. And I agree with you that Russia and China are working together, but they don't need to fuck with us. If we stayed away from it, they wouldn't give a damn about us. The reason that we're there is because they want to protect Biden's interest and they need to get the they the tide is turning on the COVID narrative like big time. The tide is turning on Biden big time. They don't give a damn about Ukraine. They just want to get the newspapers instead of focusing It'll on the latest gaffe or countries around the world are rising up against their governments because of the COVID stuff. It will be World War III. They're... And I don't... No, no, bear with me for a second. Let me explain. The reason I say that it would be World War III. You've got... Russia has made no qualms about the fact that they should have con complete and total control of the Eastern Bloc. Yes. Right? None whatsoever. Now, those countries have all been fighting... Amongst themselves, I'm talking internal conflict due to the virus vaccine, uh, the, the mandates, everything else going on. They're politically and physically weakened. If Russia attacks Ukraine, NATO's going to fight back. Well, that means all of NATO versus Russia. We're in that, right? We're in NATO for some fucking stupid reason. But we're in, and the UN's not going to do anything. China's going to get antsy, so, and they're going to go after the South, uh, the South China Sea. That's going to piss off South Korea and Japan at the very least. 
they're going to go fighting. Well, then North Korea is going to throw their little dick in the game. And China's looking for every opportunity where once they island hop through there, they can come after our ally, India, which is going to piss off Pakistan. But Pakistan's going to stand with Iran. Pakistan I'm telling you that if it, it's going to be, that's what I'm saying. Pakistan will sit with Iran. The reason why China taking over India would piss off Pakistan is because Pakistan wants India. Well, the problem is, is that China has been fighting with India for the past couple of years on the border. That is a hot war that nobody talks about. Yeah, but tell me that it's not like Ukraine is not the first domino. Tell me it's not. When it actually goes up, we just, what, dedicated 50,000 troops to it? Uh, that, are- that is the talks. I don't know if they've been committed yet, but that is the that is Biden's proposal. Well, yesterday, now you reminded me because it wasn't today, and I was a little loopy from the what I did earlier, the procedure earlier, but they shot down a NATO plane. Yep. Russia did. Like, that's all it took to start World War One is some dude threw a bomb and in a, a political leader's car. You realize that, that they're already it. you realize that they're already the United States is already flying spy planes to see how many mm-hmm. tactical, tactical nukes Russia has sent to the border. And they're not just going after Ukraine. You can say that all you want, but the smaller satellite countries that understand that they're at risk for getting their asses whacked sit here and they have already committed troops and stuff to uh, Ukraine and the border. Uh, Russia and Belarus, who sided with Russia, have decided that uh, they're going to move troops. So it goes all the way from Norway, the border with Norway. That's uh, Estonia, Lithuania, all of those Eastern Bloc countries. Russian troops and Belarus troops have already lined that entire border. I'm telling you, I mean, if you look at history, it's the same repeat of what happened at World War One and World War Two. The troop movements are very similar. And we're in already in a perfect climate for that first domino to fall. And then it's just going to cascade from there. I I get that China says, hey, we don't want you to do anything until after the Olympics. But the Ukrainians aren't going to give a damn. Neither are any of the smaller satellite countries around them. If they make any kind of move, they're going to want to do it when when Russia thinks everything's at peace. And Russia doesn't think everything's at peace. Come on. Nope. They're just waiting. They're they're literally taking. They're not even this, doing that. They're, they're not even taking doing that. this they're taking, month. They're taking this month to move as many troops as possible. We to move as many, it. yeah, to move as many official troops as possible. But they're using. We use the term operator, but they're using basic mercenaries to conduct hit and run attacks in Ukraine. Yeah, but none of that like, will reach the news. No, but none of it will ever reach. I don't care about little poke the bear type of tactics, though. I know well, no, everybody gonna... sits here, but when our president literally said that the incursions, if it's a small incursion, we'll see, is just like, really, dude? So well, no, as long this, as though. they don't eat it all at once and just take little bite sized pieces, we're not going to say and do anything. We need to hey. just fucking. Go, you are not part of you are not part of Ukraine. And technically, Putin has a good reason to sit here and tell uh, to go after Ukraine and to go after the satellites. After after the fall of the communist bloc, uh, Bush Jr. Right, 
said that he wanted to get Ukraine into NATO and wanted to get all of these little satellite nations that used to be part of Russia into NATO. If I was a country, if I was a country that was paranoid of uh, paranoid of a superpower, and they said, "Hey, we're going to sit here and all the people that used to be part of your country that broke off, and we're going to arm them and put them on our side." I would be a little fucking bristly too. I mean, it's legitimate. His you want to take a you want to take a walk down the dark brain of tear? Sure. All right, let's take a walk down the dark brain of tear. All these little incursions don't add up to much. You know, you're seeing the pick, you know, don't don't care about poking a bear right. and they're they're going in. Here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get Ukraine to attack first because then they can legitimize their reaction. And their reaction isn't going is is not going to be some kind of soft target war. It's going to be literally they're going to go in, they're going to kill everybody that can resist, and they're going to take over. They've always used that tactic. But what they're trying to do is they're literally like, if I were in their shoes and I wanted to find some way to justify myself, even though everybody else would know it's bullshit, but on paper, justify myself, I would poke and poke and poke and poke until they attacked. And they'd be like, look, they attacked me. Now it's my turn. So I'm looking at all of the troop movements that are heading in that direction. I still think that we need to stay the fuck out of the whole thing. But... Well, I, well I'm, I'm, what I'm laughing about is that NATO even bothered to ask us to come in and help after we just abandoned them in Afghanistan. Do you realize that we're already abandoning Americas in, the, in Ukraine? You mentioned something about it earlier. What, what was it that you said? Right, out so, there? so Australia, Germany, Great Britain, the United States are all pulling the ambassadors and the embassy workers, the diplomats, out of Ukraine already. Like, adios, motherfucker. And then the White House came out and said, oh, by the way, if you're an American citizen in Ukraine, we can't get you out. Seek commercial flights now. Welcome to Afghanistan 2.0. That that doesn't sound familiar at all, does it? Right? So, let me me read you some of the the fun, fun... uh, troop movements that are headed to uh, Ukraine right now, or to the border. Let's see. Russian military equipment, including BM-27 220mm rocket launchers, have been spotted in Belarus, New Minsk, and in Gomol and Riksta, north of Kiev, within range of Ukraine's border. Uh, Belarus media reported that the military hardware arrived for Allied Resolve joint exercises. Regardless, the developments are concerned in giving time and, uh, timing scale and origin. Uh, they have arrived for a joint exercise called Allied Resolve. Right. The, a Russian convoy to Gomel, multiple rocket launchers, transporter, but these are not the scary ones. Ten ISR aircraft from multiple NATO members flew over the Baltics in Ukraine. Uh, we're talking uh, PA-8s. Uh, oh, wait. These are the planes that are flying over. So they're already flying over. And here's why. Ready? 
Russia has mobilized, uh, let's see, uh, da, 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 mobilizes forces, openly claim that they're only doing military exercises, right? Uh, they've already moved in electronic warfare trucks, loudspeaker vehicles, bridging assets, suspected Icelander M missiles and launchers arrived within the past 48 hours. For those of you who are unaware, the Iskander M missiles are extended range ballistic missiles with a range of about 250 miles. It's capable of bypassing enemy anti-air defense. They are nuclear capable missiles. And just last month, Belarusian President Lashenko requested these missiles specifically to protect against NATO aggression in the region. Russia possesses six amphibious landing ships, and they've all left the Baltic Sea. Don't know where exactly they're headed for, but it's assumed they'll be brought into the Black Sea for operations against Ukraine. Not only that, but there was a massive cyber attack that recently hit Ukraine on January 13th. It was directed against Ukrainian government websites. The portal, which provides Ukrainian citizen access to around 50 different government-run websites, was one of the areas hit. When users attempted to pull up those sites, they were met with a message from hackers instead. It stated, Ukrainians, all your public information has now become public. Be afraid and expect the worst. This is for your past, present, and future. The message also said that if all the information would be destroyed and rendered forever inaccessible, Ukrainian officials performed a preliminary investigation after which they announced no personal data had actually been leaked. The United Kingdom is flying weaponry into the Ukraine. Right, the Ford office officials have been told to be ready to be redeployed to work in Russian-Ukrainian policy on a moment's notice. In turn, Russian consulates throughout Ukraine have ordered staff and their families to return to Russia. <laughs> this comes roughly about the same time as English C-17s have been flying anti-tank weaponry and small arms into the Ukraine. Of note, the flight paths of these airships have skirted around German airspace rather than taking the direct route over Germany. It seems to indicate that Germany does not condone this UK behavior. Could it be a possible German-Russian alliance? Members of the U.S. Department of Defense have stated that Russia has deployed a group of operatives into Ukraine to foment, or foment a pretext for an invasion. Huh. In turn, <laughs> Did I not just say that? We talked about it last week, dude. I told you that was going on. But what I mean by that is that they're going to tell me you, you can't honestly see that they're going to use that to try to poke Ukraine and NATO into actually making an attack first. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. They're going to do it to justify it. Putin said that two weeks ago. I mean, that he's waiting for an attack from Ukraine. We know that it's going to be a false flag, right? We talked about that last week was the false flag. In turn, it's been stated that British-trained Ukrainian commandos are being used to do the same, preparing a false flag in the Donbass region against the Russians as a pretext for a first strike. The American mainstream media, what's crazy, right, is that the mainstream media seems intent on throwing American blood into the problem as well. During the speech that happened on the 19th, he seemed to have stated that Putin had no choice but to attack Ukraine as Putin had been boxed in with no other option. Biden then said that in the event of a Russian-Ukrainian conflict, Putin would win. Whether this is due to his other suggestion that Russia could get away with a minor incursion is unclear. 
As Biden said, the cost of going to Ukraine in terms of physical loss of life for the Russians, they'll be able to prevail over time, but it's going to be heavy. In other words, he knows that if he sends American blood over there, he's going to sacrifice them for a loss. That is what that man just said. Jen Psaki has stated similar, say, we believe we're now at a stage where Russia could attack at any point and attack on Ukraine. Well, I mean, that's been a given. We've been talking about it for, what, two, three months now? Yep. It was always... How to say this? Putin does not respect Biden. No world leader respects Biden. They didn't even really respect Trump. They just feared him because he was insane enough to actually do things. Which is a very valid, you know, valid strategy to take. But ever since he's gotten in, they started moving up and they didn't give a damn. I uh, We started calling it back when he first became president. Like, hey, hey they're going to move. They're going to make a move to take over the Eastern Bloc. I thought China would attack the South China Sea first. They're going to go hand in hand. Yeah, it's going to be the same. But what's and crazy the thing is, that, is, do you know that none of what we're saying is new? No. Right? Here, let me give you an example. I found this article that I thought was hilarious. Right? Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, George Kennan, the man responsible for most of the Cold War policy towards Russia, he warned back during the Cold War, right, if you're looking for one thing that could lead to an American-Russian war, it's NATO expansion. Mm -hmm. Expanding NATO would be the most fateful error American policy in the entire post-Cold War era. Such a decision may be expected to inflame the nationalistic, anti-Western, and militaristic tendencies in Russia's opinion. Why? Because Russia views NATO as an extension of America. Why? Because who pays for most of NATO? The United States. Yeah. The American taxpayer. It's your money which is funding this organization. Your family foots the majority of the bill. Right? It's true for basically every treaty that we have. America becomes entangled with Europe's rides, the coattails of the American dollar. Right? But Russian policy researcher Clint Ehrlich recently said that America is sleepwalking towards conflict. The reality is you and I are in danger of U.S. conflict, that the people that we love are in danger. Because the threat of war reaching American soil is not out of the question. So, let's get this straight. Not only are we at the risk of a civil war, but we have a war that they want to sit here and they want to throw troops at. 50,000 troops. That's Biden's proposal right now. 50,000 American soldiers in Ukraine for a war that doesn't concern us. Then again, that's been the United States for the last 50 years. We get involved in wars that do not concern us. Well, I mean, name a war that we that we've gone into that did concern us. I'd say the world wars do. Well, not to go into any conspiracy. Ah, 
We're going to have to have a whole history, a whole episode on this. No, not, not to go into the conspiracy thing. Like, I get uh, the sinking of Lusitania. Right? Yeah. I get Pearl Harbor. I get those. Right? I get that, you know, we had treaties with. Right? I, I understand those conflicts. But did they really have anything to do with this? No. I mean, let's be honest. We had naval bases in Hawaii, but Hawaii wasn't a state during World War One or World War Two. Okay, I can't. I can't argue. <laughs> and you, you were just waiting for me to say something, weren't you? Yeah, and I mean, if you want to count the Japanese balloons, the fire balloons. They kill one person. They launch thousands of them, and they kill one person. And it was because he was trying to put out a fire. <laughs> okay. You had the submarine off of the coast of California that sunk itself. I mean... <laughs> well, damn it, I can't argue that. It was all... World War Two minus Pearl Harbor. World War Two, us getting involved was because we had interests, and that is the way that war has been for a long time. We fought for our war, the Revolutionary War, War of eighteen twelve, right? You've got the Civil War, which is our war, and maybe the Spanish American War, if you want to. If you want to include that one, maybe. Damn. Even though, even though the sinking of the main was bullshit, but other than that, <sighs> I, I'm an isolationist at this point. Well, I here's my thing about it. That's always bothered me. It's like you know we we can't even take care of our own people here at home. What, what the fuck makes you think we can take care of anybody else? Speaking of not taking care, how about the situation on the southern border? And the fucked up shit that Abbott is doing. Okay, hold on for a second. I just want to point out that I I stumbled across a TikTok shortly before we started that had me rolling. Okay. Because it's this it's this rather attractive young blonde lady goes, you know, it's really awesome that we finally have a president that's willing to protect borders. Then it clicks for seconds. Oh shit, it's other countries' borders, not ours. All right. <laughs> I'm going to speak to the Texans who support Abbott. All right. There was a report. They went and interviewed somebody went undercover and interviewed a bunch of the soldiers from the Texas National Guard. Right. Abbott made a declaration on the news that he was going to send his National Guard troops to the border to secure the border. Right. Everybody went, yeah, fuck Biden. Woo. Go Abbott. Right. Here's the problem. They're not equipped. They don't have body armor. They barely have weapons. Those that do have weapons are guarding ranches that just happen to be the largest political donors to Abbott. They have two units that are actively guarding a fucking lake. Why the lake? Wait, hold on. It gets better. They're sleeping on semi-trailers. With cots that are stacked three high. 
They have soldiers that are committing suicide because they're trapped there. It gets better. They're not being paid. Oh, sorry. They are being paid, but they're not being paid the actual amount they're owned. So when somebody went and confronted Abbott's staff, Abbott's staff sent out a letter that says they are being paid. But if I pay you $5 and I owe you $20,000 or $2,000 or $100, technically I can say you're being paid, just not the amount with which you are promised. You're not being adequately compensated for your time. So he sent these troops down as a political fucking pawn and then leave them. They're eating fucking MREs. We're not in a fucking other country. We're in the United States of America. You're in fucking Texas. Give the man a steak or something. Like, what the fuck? The fact that you are passing out MREs because you did not have enough food or foresight to plan this shit out right is the reason that Abbott needs to go. Well, Abbott's needed to go for a long time, but... I get it, but he did it... He's playing with our fucking troops' lives. It's the same reason that I fucking hate Joe Biden for offering 50,000 people that he knows is gonna fucking die. That is what his statement said. We're going to lose, and yet we're going to throw troops. We could just stay the fuck out of it. We won't, though. That's That's the worst part about it. We won't. They have to have us. I know. They, I know. <laughs> We've talked about it. Statistically speaking, you don't change presidents. They need it. They need the war. The COVID narrative is collapsing. People are turning on the government because of the COVID fuck-up. All over the world. They need this shit to do it. The problem is, is that by capitulating and people... And, and people wanting to focus on this Ukraine shit. And it's serious. I don't want to see a war happen anywhere. I don't want to fucking see people get taken over. Ukrainian people have been consistently fucked by the Russians. That's why they're fighting. If you want to sit here and go stop another Holom door, by all means, fucking line up with this shit and go over there and serve on your own, but not as a country. The United States has no reason. We need to be there to sit here and support the Russians or support the Ukrainians. There's, there's only one reason. There's only one viable way to do this, and that is to not make the same fuck up we did in Vietnam. And what I mean by that is if we were to go over there, we should go over there with the complete and total intention of, of absolutely demolishing Russia and, and taking over. Yeah, we sit here. But we won't. That's the problem is that Americans, Americans have been taught peace at any price. That we should capitulate. That I know yeah. the video that I showed you had no sound. Or the one that I sent had no sound. But it literally laid out the master plan for what they want to do to get people to sit here and believe in peace at any price. That, <laughs> that they sit here and... Uh, <coughs> that they sit here and they need to sit here and... And just give up their sovereignty one bit at a time. One bit at a time. Unfortunately, yes, you don't look happy. 
Oh, I'm not. It tastes like fucking. <laughs> you, you remember when you were young and they would give you that pink antibiotic medication? All right. So for those of you who don't know, because this is an audio-only podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Tear decided he wanted to open up a monster. We take a uh, big old chug, and it was a brand new flavor. And uh, I'm taking it. You don't like it. Do you remember the little pink antibiotic juice they used to give you as a kid? Yeah. Imagine mixing that with those little things of, of um, oh, what was that? Fluoride. The bubblegum fluoride cups that they used to give in schools. Right. Mix those two together. That's what that fucking tastes like. I would rather lick a dog's ass. This is retarded. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. I can't get rid of the flavor. I can't make it stop. Make it stop. I can't make it stop. Ah, uh, now that we've livened the mood up a little bit, let's let's take it back dark for a second. The terrifying part to me is that Americans will always make the same fucking mistake. We made the mistake in Korea. We made the mistake in Vietnam. It has been a pattern. If you are going to insinuate yourself, if we are going to be the world's police force, we're going to be the big daddy, then do it. Do it all the way. Otherwise, yeah. shut the fuck up and quit wasting our lives. So I know that you can't hear it, but I want to share this video with TikTok won't let me post it. I've tried cutting it up in parts. I've tried changing the sound, all of that. TikTok won't let me play it. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stream it on here. Ah, stop. I'm going to stream it on here so that our audience can hear it. Because it's important and you're going to realize how screwed we are because we refuse to accept. Because we accept. All right. You ready for this? I'll point at you when it's done. Can't hear it. Understand what's going on around you. You are in a state of war. And you have precious little time to save this. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow and is divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already uh, for the last 25 years. Actually, it's overfulfilled because most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption, whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, 
uh, it's what, what matters is essentials: economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. After crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators like who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Your leftists in, in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are not, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Obviously, they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But the time bomb is ticking. That every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations, of which the United Nations is the outstanding, but far from the only example. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money, as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget, despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials, supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare. The beauties and the absolute necessity of peace. Peace always on communist terms, of course. And ten, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government, which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. All right. So that was starts off with the the plan of Yuri Bezmenov. Uh, those of you who know who that is have heard the um, the the uh, Call of Duty uh, Cold War speech. Yes, that's yes. Sorry, I was. 
where it talks about the four stages. Demoralization. Right? We've hit that. Yeah. Crisis. Now, the reason that I wanted to focus on crisis is because if you listen to his timeline, he says it could take as little as six weeks. Once you have demoralized and destabilized, right, a country, it takes six weeks, right around there, right? We have been in the middle of crisis for over two years. We're ripe for the picking. And they go on, and, and then it do, does a Henry Kissinger speech, where he talks about how we're going to fall and how the UN is going to take us by convincing us to give up our sovereignty. Done. And we're already there. And then you have the end part of the speech, which is George Orwell, his last official interview, The Warning. If you want to look at a uh, a glimpse at the future, imagine a boot on a human neck for all time. That is where we're headed. And he tells you that the only way we can stop it is to not let it happen. Have we crossed that line? Have we crossed that I that think point in which we we can't just change it. We have to sit here and I wish we hadn't, but I think we have. Well, then there's only one solution to get. There are only two solutions. When give you up. Cross that line. No, no. I I can't accept that. Give up is is an. Well, option. I I was about to say give up is is one that will never happen because America because true Americans will uh, will die on their feet before they ever live a minute on their knees. Correct. So you either go to war, or you leave and you find some other place to settle. Okay. Well, uh, do you know who, who you're to? Huh? Do you know who, who you're to? Do you know who Steve Dace is? Uh, talk show sounds host. familiar. All right. So Steve Dace says that there are only two options when you cross a certain threshold, right? And it is a national divorce, which is fighting, or a national uh, revival, uh, where not. Not necessarily in a Christian sense, but in terms of a revival in uh, a revival in morals, a revival in yo. Know, uh, what am I trying to say? A revival in uh, standards uh, where we come together for the good of all mankind. I think that part's been bastardized into this idea of a great reset. Uh, here, here's the dirty little secret that Q people don't understand is that the great reset and the great awakening are two sides of the same coin. The great reset is if your side loses. The great awakening is if the other side or if your side wins. Period. That's it. Because if you look, they're both authoritarian governments. Both of them are authoritarian, except your guy is in charge for one and your guy is the other. Now, I want you to go remember, I know you didn't hear the clip, but the Yuri Bezmenov clip for those in our audience, 
when he talks about the lefty. This works just as well for the people on the right if it's your side, right? That you will never be in power. It will always be the people that were always in power that, or the elites of the side that you're on. You will never be in power, right? You will be the first to die. You'll be offended. You'll be like, how come I wasn't in charge? That'll never happen. They'll line you up because you know too much. And they will kill you off. Well, they have no choice at that point. You've already proven. That's what I don't understand. Every time I hear it, it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you do realize in every single socialist revolution, look at Che Guevara, look at Castro. Once they, they got done using the marginalized people, the artists, the the homosexuals, the people that, that were galvanized into this reaction to begin with, once they're done using you and they've won, you're the first person they kill because you prove you would fight. You prove that you could not be trusted. See, there's a thing that people don't understand. You pick a side. That is a hostile takeover. You betrayed your country. You betrayed the very nation that fostered you. And that betrayal is something that anybody with half a brain, Castro knew it, Che Guevara knew it. You would do that again if things didn't go your way, so they will kill you. And let's look at history, both left and right. Fascist and communist. Socialist, it doesn't matter. Here's what happens. When, if you come to power using any of those movements in authoritarian type style, right? And it's any type of authoritarianism. The only people who take over are those who are more extreme than the ones before. Mm-hmm. It does not lend itself out to be this little kumbaya bullshit where everybody gets along and there's world peace. They're going to make you promises until they get into office. Hello, every politician since the dawn of time. (laughs) I don't get how people don't understand that. And that it gets more extreme. That's why I keep telling people socialism, communism, government of most forms are like a cancer. They will continue to grow. They need to feed, and they will destroy anything to keep that power. I mean, look at what Dr. Fauci literally just fucking said. As the narrative is turning, this motherfucker is asked directly if it would get more people vaccinated. Right? There were two interviews that I want to point out. If it would get more people vaccinated to have a different face in charge, would you step down? No. He's not going to give up his position of power and authority. And you're going to have to pry from his cold dead head. Yeah. He has openly said it. This is what I've spent my entire life on. This is a man who sit here and has done atrocity after atrocity after atrocity. He is the one who sit here and told the people in the 80s about the AIDS epidemic that sit here and had people believing that you could catch it by sharing a bowl of cereal. He is the one drinking who killed... Drinking at a water fountain. That's yeah. the one that got me. Drinking at a water fountain. He is the one who sit here and killed 85 children during AIDS research. He is the one who sit here and killed dogs. He is the one that has Monkey Island to do gain-of-function research in South Carolina. 
He is. He is the one who sit here and was responsible for the gain of function research at Wuhan. He is the one who tortured beagles. And you're going to try. He is not going to give up his power. This is the man who knew for two years that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine could save lives and did nothing and banned it and didn't and shut it down. Admitted. They even admitted. I just want to point this out, and it's one that, that keeps getting shoved over. And my own mother didn't believe me until I showed her. But they even admitted that they they not only held back the information on that because they didn't want Trump to look good, they also held back on the vaccine, and they admitted it publicly. But no one wants to say anything. This has never been about a disease. It's always been about power and politics. Yeah. Because and they what, say what here, you told me that that, you know, because I disagreed with you for a while. This is one of those things where, you know, I convinced you that there wasn't there was no common ground to be found between us and the left. There was no purpose in talking to them. But you convinced me that power corrupts. But if you give them any, any power, anything, they'll ask for more, but you will never get that back. You give yeah. them any of your agency, you will never get it back. You convinced me of that. Yeah. They will continue to take and take and take. They are like a cancer. They're like the blob. Right? You know, where, you know, the horror movie, The Blob from yeah, the 19th. The yeah. Where no matter what you threw at it, it just kept growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the government. It's disturbing because we watch this on a on a global scale and then we'll watch it here. Yeah, people here are so fucking blind. They want to ignore the reality that is slapping them in the face. They want to trust a government. They want to trust their fucking gut that it's confused as hell. They want to ignore the fact that the rest of the world is waking up going, hold on. Like when America is the last to wake up in the, in the, the fight for freedom, you know you're fucked. Fair. In Canada, the truckers are, like, literally blockading. Is it Ontario? They're all headed to Ottawa. Ah. For the... Something. For the capital. Yeah. It's... it's I don't know. It, it, it just... It makes me incredibly sad. That there it, are actually 600 truckers left the United States to go stand with their Canadian brothers. It's 70 kilometers long, last report, and over 40,000 trucks. Get them, boys. Get them. That's awesome. They're doing it for freedom. No other agenda than we want our fucking rights. The United States could easily do the same thing. But we don't have the balls. Some of us do, but some of us also, you know, the, the people that do have the balls are now sitting back watching. See, because when we thought to handle things, what happened? We were painted as treasonous, seditious bastards. Everyone, even on our own side, started turning on us. They've been lied about. We've been, we watched as everyone else, the people that sat there on a Monday morning quarterbacking. And told us what we did wrong, but they never bothered to raise their hand to begin with. That's the problem. The people that actually care have taken their ball and went, okay, you know what? Fuck all of you. We're going to take care of ourselves. Don't come to me for help afterwards. 
it's it's me and mine versus everyone. And now we have all of these people on the right who are like, maybe we should just all go along to get along. That we can sing kumbaya stuff together. We have people who are held up as conservative bastions who sell us the craziest bullshit ever. And minions follow. I'm going to say something in some regards because we had this discussion earlier. Two of the particular people that are doing this, uh, well, one in particular, has never been shy about. No, to get I, I'm not even talking that. Uh, but you want? No, I was well, talking about people like uh, people will throw out big creators will throw out conspiracy theories with no facts that are totally fucked up, oh, and be like, like warning shot. Huh? You mean like the the people at warning shot? Yes, I know. I didn't. That was a that was an unabashed jab. I don't know that. Yeah, you do. Wyatt and Bannon with Shannon. Warning shot podcast. The Q people. Fine. Fuck it. The Q people who sit here, who people sit here and want to sit here, and they throw out the most retarded things. Have no evidence, no nothing. They they sit there and they literally use Da Vinci's code on a fucking newspaper, and then. They take one piece of information that they were correct about and go, see, I told you it's coming. Bitch, I've been waiting since November 3rd for Trump to come back. November 3rd of 2020 for somebody to take a fucking stand and sit here and go and arrest all of these elite people. Guess what? That shit ain't happening. You know, I'm going to say something. Yay, time for time for tear to piss in somebody's Cheerios. And I don't care. All right, let me just put it this way. No wonder the left can't take any of us seriously because I can't take half of the people on our side seriously. They tell me that Hillary Clinton's been hung at Gitmo. JFK is still fucking alive. Trump's still in charge. That one's my personal favorite. JFK Jr. Uh, Whatever. Saying there's a difference. In all the aura, cosmic energy, crystal-loving bullshit, no, there really isn't. And the reason I say this, they're both asinine aides. Like, I sit here and I look at them. They go, yeah, well, Epstein's still alive. And I'm like, how the fuck? I don't. You say the most off-the-wall things, and I get it. All of us want. All of us want that one thing that will unite us all so we can fight. I get it. I love the energy. But holy shit, do me something better than fucking flat earth. Or aliens. Yeah, give me something more concrete than, oh, well, here's this picture. We know that Hillary Clinton was, you know, hung at Gitmo and Fauci's been arrested. I was like, what the fuck are you all talking about? All I have to do is literally turn on the news, any news, and I can tell that you're full of shit. And the left sits there and looks at it and goes, oh, look, no wonder they don't want to take a vaccine. They're all mentally deranged. I can't even fucking defend you when you spew asinine bullshit like that. Yeah, he's on fucking TV right now. Like you Oh, it's deep fake. It's deep fake. I think My favorite is the wearing of the masks. That there are people wearing masks everywhere. Really? Like okay, it, it's like some of them got high and watched the the bo- what's that movie the the case of the body snatchers? Okay. Where the aliens come in and wear everybody's skin. It's like 
like holy shit, guys. I mean, I, I get it. Smoke a you know, smoke a bowl for me. But on the same note, have you become so disillusioned with reality that you're willing to suck off anything? What it See, tells I me, I have respect for conspiracy theorists. I do. You and me are conspiracy theorists. We look at an object, we go, something doesn't match. We do our research. We put. We are not fantasy sensationalized sheep that are doing nothing more than <laughs> hey, I could use my line, pseudo intellectual pavlov puking automaton bullshit. Do you want to know what makes a conspiracy theorist a conspiracy theorist? The definition is very simple. I'm going to break it down Barney style for people. Ready? Okay. A conspiracy theory is looking at the world around you and going, something ain't right. And looking into these crazy ass theories and not believing it. That is a conspiracy theory. That can go through the evidence and go, that's true. That's not true. I get it. The world is a shitty place. And instead of believing that there's a group of elites that don't give a fuck about you, that there are people who don't give a fuck about you because you're not the center of the goddamn universe, that there must be space aliens and there must be whatever fucking flavor of Q this week and you're going to attack people who don't agree with you or sit here and poke at your fucking leaders. Lynn Wood is a motherfucking crook. Lynn Wood was a fucking liberal until it served his position. And guess what? So was Donald fucking Trump. Yes, he did good things, but he ran. He was going to run as a Democrat, but the Democrats went, nah. So he decided to run as a Republican. Those are facts. You can look those up. Right? He had... I'm going to say it this way, though. Like, I get it, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, so you don't like Trump? No, I liked a lot of what Trump did. In fact, I didn't start turning on Trump until after he left everyone out to dry. Until after he allowed Linwood and everybody else to continue this propagation of a fucking plan. Until after he started talking bullshit about how patriots would do this, because that's what good Americans would do. Well, here, let me make it very simple. Those of us who sit here and have... Too much earwax. Let me let me put it this way. I did not pledge my loyalty. And I did not swear my oath to Donald Trump. I swore it to America and for which he stands for. The core conservative principles that I believe. The Constitution. The Declaration of Independence. I did not swear my fealty to any fucking man. And for you to say that I must, or I don't fit in your group, fuck it. Take it. I don't give a fuck. Because when the world burns, I know where I fucking stand. So let me put it to you this way. Let's up the ante on this one for a second. Both you and I believe the election was stolen. But that stopped being a valid point. That stopped being a talking point when no one else wanted to stand up and do shit. See, everybody wants to talk about doing the hard shit till it's time to do hard shit. And then they all sat at home and did nothing. And then told all of us that did something that we're evil. The problem is, we believe the same way. What we didn't do was sell our souls. We're not fucking sheep. 
And that's exactly what these people are. You've got sheep that are following the vaccine, and you've got sheep that have no idea why they don't like the vaccine. They just don't. Instead of understanding that it's a principle of the fucking matter that's none of the goddamn government's business to mandate it. See, here's the problem. I would have loved to have seen another Trump presidency all the way up until this summer. After watching what he's done and everything that you'll, you'll have noticed that I, I started stepping back, stepping back, going something's not right. See, I didn't blindly sell my soul to one person. I don't believe in a knight in shining armor. I don't believe in some mythical, hey, I'm an archangel bullshit. I believe in what I can see, what I can put my hands on and what I can trust. Here's my favorite part. I don't like it. Just because I don't like Trump doesn't make me less of a patriot. In fact, it means, <laughs> I hate to say this, guys. It means that I'm actually asking questions, and I'm willing to admit, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can prove me wrong. But if all you're going to come at me with is emotional, feely, touchy bullshit and some kind of Nostradamus bushwhackery, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to – I will treat you just like I treat the other liberals. Yeah, notice what I said there? The other liberals. Yeah. The authoritarians in disguise. The snakes in the grass. Yep. So I've been wanting to get that off my chest for a little bit. Yeah, well, it's not going to make us very popular. So do we want to... If we wanted to be popular, we would do things like, I don't know, we'd sit here and come up with the most asinine, retarded conspiracy theory, sell it, and then sit there and cry when we catch a ban on fucking TikTok. And then we'd or, sit there and be like, oh, we'll get drunk and we'll go ahead and talk about all this shit. Or maybe, just maybe, we'll sit here and simp after some woman because that's what we do. Or... We'll sit here and we'll find a negative comment on a really big creator that we like. And we'll make video after video after video of negative comments and attack them. Because they don't believe exactly what I did. And they went after our idols. Really? You did know I used the word idols for a reason, right? And don't get me wrong, I love the man. I do. Like, in a lot of ways, I would say that, (laughs) funnily enough... I would say the ant is one of my spirit animals. I love the man, right? But I'm sitting here laughing because everyone's doing this outrage over this comment. I was like, but ant has never once not acknowledged that this is his job. This is what he does. This is how he makes money. So why are you all surprised that somebody, mind you, let me put my two cents in. Saying is a bitch, right? Saiyan picked a fight with Modern Warrior, got his big account canceled, and is mad that nobody followed him again because he's a raging chauvinistic asshole, right? And he goes after our side because they disagree with him. He makes a statement. I get it. It's bad. Ant's a big boy. Ant can take care of himself. Yes. If he cared, (laughs) he could have made an account. He could have made a video that would have destroyed that other guy. But he didn't. It's oh. like that whole thing on. It's like that whole thing on the other one. Like I'm sitting here watching the outrage from people talking about you know someone making a dark humor joke, and they're going, "It's in poor taste." Blah blah. I can't believe you fucking say that. And I'm sitting here going, "I have heard all of you use worse jokes. I save, save your false sense of outrage. Yeah, save it for something that fucking matters. Yeah. Okay. Here, I, I'm gonna. I I tend to stay away from those. And if you you're going to make videos over one fucking comment, I don't care if it was in poor taste. And people are like, 
I think the most fucked up thing that TikTok ever does was gave people the ability to make videos on somebody else's comment. Because they're literally sucking the dick of the creator. They're chasing clout. And you get shit like the one girl who made the horrible content about the the woman that had miscarried. That was a fucking horrible one. You block it and move on. You see here they they go after conservative ant if he doesn't fucking react to it, why the fuck should you? And then you have people who sit here and do stupid shit, like make a fake account so that you can comment stupid comments claiming that it's a liberal and then everybody sees it and makes a fucking video. Nobody is that fucking stupid about the Amazon Prime. That was a fake fucking account from the creator. That made that comment. And how do I know? Because we fucking helped build it that way. And you know what's funny about that? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because this is something that's been used against me before. And they were talking about it. And I was like, you know what's interesting is we made a troll account to make a comment. A specific comment. Because we wanted to show how nasty our side was. How intolerant the nasty things, the bad, evil comments that our side makes to point out that it's not just the left that does this. And we did. No, we did prove it. You know what's funny about that is that we were, I was given that idea to do that. I know that you did it different, but for me to sit here and create an account and go make comments by the TikTok creator, you choose kindness. Make an account. Go comment. Nothing nothing mean, nothing nasty. But go make a comment and see what the response is. They have to know that you're left if you're on the right. Right? And then they have to know if you're right if you're on the left. And it was a critical thinking exercise. And it really opened my eyes to the amount of vitriol on both sides. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, like... I actually, he didn't tell me to do it, but that's kind of where I had the original idea to begin with, was with talking to him after. Have you ever read his book? About I have not. I have not. Uh, I have purchased it. I will send it to you. All right. It is, and it's good. Let me give a shout out. I mean, he may be on the opposite side of the aisle politically, so so to speak, but the man, when he makes a statement, he is willing to discuss that respectfully back and forth. He's willing to have that conversation. And we may not agree yeah. at the end of the day, but I love the man and I respect him for it. But after after watching some of the stuff that he had said, we went and did this, both in our own different way, and watched the, the, the sheer vitriol, the sheer nastiness on our side that I didn't even get comments like that from leftists on my videos. Right, Which is saying something, because you have a tendency to piss people off. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> there were some of them on there that I was like, oh, shit. Really? But I sit here and I realize it, and I, I, I'm like, wait, did you just wait? I, I realize that you, you were shadow banned. I'm not going to mention this creator's name. Everyone knows who it is. It's like, oh, I'm not going to go, you know, we don't need farmers because, you know, I just buy my eggs from the, from the store. Who needs farms? All right? There. There's a comment. Everyone knows what I'm talking about now. That is specifically made to generate conflict, and it worked. Yeah. There were, there, there were easily 50 fucking videos 
with that Another... same comment over and over and over and over. Well, it's like they've suddenly become some kind of fucking hive mind. The, I get it, and you know what? I don't like Amy, the American. I don't. I think that it's childish to use the fucking rubber duck to answer, or rubber chicken to answer every goddamn comment that you see. I think it's fucking stupid. But that being said, I still have respect for her, and the comment that was made on her page was atrocious. Yes. And I almost said something myself. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, Amy's going to take care of herself. She hasn't asked for help. I'm not going to get involved. But I'm looking at it's like at least my fetus chose me. It's like I'm saying, okay, now that's some shitty action, right? I can see in some regards why people would say something. But I watch people that are faking fucking outrage that said worse things to me. And I'm a fellow conservative. Yeah. And I watch them and I, I look at it as like a sheer duplicitous bullshit because it's a woman or because it's someone you like or it's somebody that you want to support because you're chasing club because it'll give you some momentum. I it, These two situations are different to me than the Saiyan one. Saiyan opened his fucking mouth. And as annoying as it is to me to watch everyone go after him, I'm sitting here like you do realize that you're just barking up a wrong tree. I mean, you're, you're doing this to get Ant's attention. And don't get me wrong, I love Ant. I think he's amazing. But really, you're going to go after the twerp that couldn't even fight Lance Tosi? Yeah, but that's the guy who's... He's literally getting views and follows and clicks uh, his, because of that. I was going to say, his 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 uh, strategy there worked the fuck out. Yeah. Like, you know, but you, when... He was, he when, was irrelevant and obsolete for months. He when, does this and boom, now he's on everyone's tongue again. Yep. And he's on the FYP and all that stuff. So I sit here and when we decided to make the troll accounts to see what the reaction would be, right? I have never been told to kill myself, to leave the country, to like, do you remember the incident with Jam and Lou? When everybody got upset. Because somebody yeah. told him to kill himself and there was all that outrage. I pretended to be a lefty. And I pretended to be a veteran. I have never been told to kill myself and make 22-23 more in my life. But because it was a lefty, it was, a, it was acceptable. It's the same reason when Jay Lee went after, thought that it, you know, went after you and talked about all of the the misogyny and all that stuff, and yet then goes and makes a video where he goes and attacks a woman physically, not, not I mean, her physicality, right, what she looked yeah. like, and it was okay because she was a lefty. Oh, you know what? You know, let me just jump straight in. If we're going to piss everybody off, let me just go ahead and do it. Then he and Misfit Danny have the utter audacity to start making content saying, I don't understand. We need to come together. We shouldn't be fighting like this. You should never act like your enemy. I'm sitting here going, what the fuck? If you're going to treat your own side. If you are going to attack me, don't expect me to come to the seat of the table without a fucking weapon. Just saying. But I see, that's what I don't get. And that's what has bothered me. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it when we were off of TikTok, but being back on it and watching, and I'm saying, it's like, good God, it's like they've turned into one fucking, one single-minded sheep 
that is aimed, and all it takes is one person to go, hey, look, and everybody's going after Like Adam Calhoun, right? There's a perfect fucking example. And the song that came after that, yeah, we'll get I'll let you explain that part. But him saying that we got to burn all of our Carhartt. Well, there's a man that doesn't really give a damn. He could probably buy out a Carhartt store and still have money left over for pocket change. But everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Ah, we got to do this. We're, we're going to burn this because ah, we're going to take a stand. It's like for something that doesn't fucking matter. Where were you? Where were you when we needed you? Where was that energy when we needed it? And then come to find out, you know, he does this. And then the next day, I'm going to let you because you explain this so much better than I do. So he made this statement, right, about Carhartt. The next day, or maybe it was two days from when he did it, right? A song that, or an album that he's working on with Tom McDonald. Now, I love Tom McDonald, right? I like Adam Calhoun's music, too. But in the video that he released called New World Order, he literally rails against cancel culture. And the video that he puts out about Carhartt was, Go woke, get broke, I hope Carhartt loses its business, and people react badly. And, and this is why I made it, if he had just stopped there, I would have let it go because I'm, I'm not a fan of, of group boycotts, but personal boycotts I'm okay with. Right. But at the end of that video, and I made a video on TikTok that pointed it out. He says that if you're a blue collar worker and you still wear Carhartt, unfollow me. Motherfucker. That is the cancel culture that you are fucking railing about in the song. In terms of hypocrisy. Huh. So I made a video where I turned the song on the video of him burning the Carhartt. Nobody's ever going to see it. It's going to be shadow bad. I guarantee it. But we'll put it up on the main account. I don't give a damn. Let them see it. See, here's the thing. I'm not here for your feelings. I am not here to make you comfortable. I am here to make you uncomfortable. I'm here to wake you to fuck up. I'm here to give you facts. I'm ready. I'm here to give you things straight. I don't sugarcoat shit, which is where that statement comes from. You know, you gave it to me. I hope you bought a condom because I'm going to fuck your feelings. They right. don't care. Facts don't care about your fucking feelings. And that's the point. It's like everybody wants to go, well, you're chasing clout. No, I don't give a damn. I have always been willing to call people on their bullshit. Always been willing to call them on their bullshit, regardless of what side they're on. And I'm sitting here looking at this. It's like, so you can't fight the left because you'll get blocked, but you'll fight each other over petty bullshit. And this is supposed to be on my side? Right. I'll fucking fight alone. Right. Sorry. All right. Well, that was a good rant at the end of the important stuff. But uh, we're over an hour and 15 minutes at this point, so. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll save my other rant for later. We can do, we, we can do a, a, a rant episode if you really want. Can we do a rage episode next? Sure. Okay, cool. All right. With that being said, I'm Odin. This is Tia. We'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call Podcast.
The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.